Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm David Averbach, CEO and Publisher. Sorry we missed a week last week. Um, I just wanted to let you all know I was in Mexico and now I'm back. So um, we're a little bit off of our usual bi-weekly schedule, but um, we're excited to get back on our schedule and uh, share a great episode with you today. David, you want to start us out with our sponsor? Yeah, I do. Today's sponsor is GoBuddy, and GoBuddy has this really cool new product. So if you've been a long-time listener, you know GoBuddy's been a sponsor for a really long time, and they have a wide range of really practical, useful, affordable products. They usually sell them through Amazon, and they have a new product out, and so I'm excited to tell you about it, and it is uh, a lanyard. And so how it works is it works with a pop socket and so you wear this across your body and you can connect your phone to it and so it's a nice way to securely and easily carry your phone if you don't have pockets if you're hiking if you're doing something where you want to have your phone be safe and secure but also you don't want either the bulk of your pocket or you want it to be a little bit more readily available to you than in your pocket uh, so it's really affordable if you go check it out on amazon we'll link to it in the show notes at iphonelife.com podcast that would have been very convenient on my trip. I feel like hiking especially, it seems like it's a great way to have it on your body so you can pick it up and take photos really easily without losing your phone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, next up we have our daily tip. Um, if you, uh, you may already be subscribed to this, but we have a free daily newsletter called iPhone Life Tip of the Day and um, we send you a one minute tip that teaches you something cool you can do with your iPhone every day, like the name of it suggests. Um, So I wanted to share our latest favorite tip and that was how to bookmark a page in the Safari app on your iPhone or iPad. And I chose this one because I use the Safari app on my computer a lot and I, um, I use bookmarks there all the time, but I actually, didn't know how to do to do this on my iPhone, and so I hadn't really been bookmarking pages until I read this tip. Do you use bookmarks often, David? Um, I do, and I actually sort of have a separate side tip for this because I use bookmarks a lot. I find that I often use bookmarks, like I'll bookmark things on my uh, computer, and then I'll want to access them on my phone. So having those bookmarks s- swapped I find to be really useful. Like as an example, uh, we have a few Zoom links that we regularly access when we have regular meetings. Uh, And so those I have bookmarked everywhere so I can access it from my phone and my uh, computer. But I will give some bonus tips on that after we give the tip of how to to do the the basic uh, bookmarks. Are you a bookmarker? Yeah. Um, So I I think I will be more after looking over this tip because um, being able to to bookmark on both your mobile devices and on your computer, I think will make it a lot more useful. I use, this is a related feature on Safari, but I use favorites all the time. And that, that allows like whenever you open up a new tab in Safari, you'll see all of your most frequently um, or like whatever links that you've favorited. And so that's how I get to things like all of our the Google Docs and spreadsheets and mm-hmm. you know Zoom links that I want there, um, but but 
now that I see you can create different like bookmark folders and things like that, I think I'll be using that more. Um, but just for people who don't use bookmarks, it's a the intention of the feature is just to have um, an easy way to access links that you're using regularly, like David said. So the way you use this tip is if you open up the Safari app on your iPhone or iPad and you navigate to a web page that you want to bookmark, um, then you just go and you press and hold the little, there's a little book icon at the bottom of your display on the menu there. So you have to like press and hold it. And then a little thing, menu will pop up that says um, add bookmark. So you'll do that. You also can tap the share icon and you'll have an option to add a bookmark from there as well. So it's up to you, but this is a bit of a faster way. So once you tap add bookmark, you'll choose where you save it to. If you have different folder options, then you can save it to a specific folder. Otherwise, it will by default share, um, save it to your, to your favorites. And favorites, again, is something that like anytime you open up a new tab in Safari, you'll see um, little icons for all of your favorited sites there. And I don't, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit because um, I don't know <laughs> if you can are clear on this. I'm a little bit unclear on the difference between a favorite and a bookmark. Are you, do you understand the difference? So um, the, I think that bookmarks automatically go to your favorites unless you've set up other bookmark folders. So okay. that's sort of the difference. Like if you, and, and I know, and it is a little bit confusing the way Apple has set it up. For a long time, I couldn't figure out how to add things to my favorites when I wanted them there. Uh, but at least from your, on your Mac, it's a little bit different. But at least from your iPhone, if you don't have any other folders set up in bookmarks, it'll just automatically save it to your favorites. So there is no difference. Okay. Um, but if, you add, if, you if you've created different bookmark folders, like say you want to have your... Um, bookmarks for work and you want to have your bookmarks for you know a side project or something like that you might create different folders for them and save them there and so then when you tap add bookmark in that situation then you'll choose which folder to put it to so you can so, choose favorites or something else so just to clarify favorites is a type of bookmark favorites is like the default bookmark folder it's a, thank you, perfect, okay. And I actually do do folders for my bookmarks. So I am one of those people where I have like, I have this exact setup. I have my work bookmarks, I have my personal bookmarks, and then I have my favorites, which are all work bookmarks, but they're the ones I use like every single day. Um, so I have right. that set up and I have it set up across my Safari and uh, uh, both my desktop and my um, phone. So let me give a quick, how to do that um yeah the syncing of it i was gonna say like that's happening for me but i don't remember ever setting that up well, so please I, explain okay it's i think by default it's turned on so i think it's probably for most people but i had accidentally turned it off what you need to do is you need to make sure that you go into icloud and that you have icloud's uh safari turned on for icloud I had turned it ah. off at some point thinking it was unnecessary, but what it does is it syncs up all of your bookmarks so that you can have your desktop bookmarks on your computer and vice versa, or on mobile and your mobile bookmarks on your computer so that they're all synced up. Um, and so it's a really convenient thing. 
Also on desktop now, Safari, the newest feature, this is what you were just talking about, on the kind of the default screen, it has all of your favorites and it has recently accessed uh, so you can see pages you were looking at on your phone. It'll, it has those on your computer, so it's easy to get to them. Um, so they're adding, they just added this with the latest operating system. And I think it's a really nice feature, but I do want to give one final bonus tip, which is you can customize this screen on Safari um, on your computer. So on the bottom right corner, you have a little like, it kind of looks like slider gear things. So you open up Safari, you open up a new you open up a new tab, so it'll be your start page is what it's called. And then on the bottom right corner, it gives you the options of what will show up and what will not show up. So for example, I have added a photo of me and my wife. And so every time I open up a new tab, I see a pretty photo of me and my wife. Also, I don't use the reading list, so I got rid of that as an option that shows up. And also some people, depending on your browsing habits, you may have stuff you browse at work and stuff you browse at home, and you don't want the stuff you browse at home to show up at work and vice versa. So this gives you some controls over what shows up where. I find I'm sharing my screen a lot at work, so I pay special attention to like what is showing up where. Um, but I think you know we, we've sort of gone into the weeds of Safari power usage here, but I think this area of cross syncing between desktop and mobile and uh, using Safari to kind of bridge those gaps is a really powerful area to pay some attention to. I know, as you're talking about this, David, I just changed my start Safari start page background image to something oh, yeah. much more appealing. So thank uh, you for that it? tip. What is it? <laughs> it's still one of Apple's defaults. Like if you uh, hit the little plus icon there, like next to the backgrounds, you'll have a bunch of different options from Apple. Uh, so I didn't go ahead and choose one of my own photos yet, but it's still nice to switch it up. Apple has some pretty kind of like illustrations and stuff like that. I, yeah, I, it's honestly, I've enjoyed it more than I thought I would because I end up looking at that screen like a hundred times a day because I'm always right. on Safari for work. I'm always opening a new tab and before I enter the URL, it loads the start page and like the default's just gray. And so just having a fun photo, it like a little thing, but I like it. It makes, it makes it my day a little bit better. Yeah, I I like the Safari start page too. Like I, for people listening, I I hope that everyone does create their own favorites and stuff too. Because it's so I use it every day to get to the links I need to get to. It's really yeah. convenient. Yeah, and it's sa same <clears throat> with taking the time to customize your bookmarks. It, it like thing pages you visit every day, having them easily accessible is really worth it. It's very, um, yeah, totally. And even another little tip I have is even within a website, thinking through which page you're bookmarking. So for example, um, I'll give you an example for insiders. If you, like the default website you go to is insider.iphonelife.com, and then on the top right corner, you click log in, but you could bookmark the login page, which mm -hmm. is the next step. And it just saves you one little thing each day. So little things like that of like, which page within a website you're bookmarking saves you time. Yeah, it goes a long way. All right, next up, I want to talk to you about iPhone Life Insider. David just mentioned it. But this is our premium subscription for people who really want to master their Apple devices. And so we have video guides for you on all of the new features and devices as they come out. Um, that's like step-by-step -step video tutorials accompanied by a downloadable PDF. 
So you can be on your device and watch along and also have a written reference, which makes it really easy to learn. We have um, quarterly online live courses where you have a live instructor leading you through a new feature or a product and you can ask your questions live and we have weekly assignments. It's just a great format that helps keep you on track and um, accountable. We also have daily video tips. So it's a video version of our daily tip, just a one minute video teaching you something cool you can do with your iPhone every day. We also have Ask an Expert, which is a feature where you, if you're having a tech issue, you can contact us and get a guaranteed answer and um, we help you find solutions. And you get an ad-free version of this podcast with bonus content from me and David. So um, there's a lot of amazing content with Insider, plus a digital subscription to iPhone Life magazine, including our full archive of over 30 past issues. So if you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, we have a special deal just for you. I believe it's is it ten dollars off? Five dollars off, David? I'm forgetting. It's ten percent off. Ten percent so off. I, there yeah. we go. So it's a special discount just for our podcast listeners. Um, go to iPhoneLife.com/podcast/discount to sign up right now. And we just came out with a new video guide on the iPhone Pro camera. So that includes tips on how to use the Pro RAW format if you have the 12 Pro or Pro Max. It also has uh, portrait mode and night mode tips for anyone else with a Pro camera, plus photo editing tips for anyone with an iPhone at all. So iphonelife.com slash podcast discount if you wanna get in on all of those great things. And um, I wanted to share an insider question with you all. I actually have two. Um, they're kind of short ones, so I thought I would do two today. Uh, but our insiders, as I mentioned, they use Ask an Expert to ask their questions to us and we give them solutions. So here are some ones that I thought our listeners might find useful. Uh, here we go, the first one. Is there a simple way to add text to a photo? And this is an easy one to answer. Thanks for reaching out. If you would like to add text to a photo, you can use markup. So when you open the Photos app, uh, go to the photo that you wanna add text to, tap edit, and then there's three dots in the top right corner. You'll tap that, then tap markup. And from there, there's a few tools that you can add arrows, for instance, to your photo. Um, you can add um, the little text icon and you can type in text and change the color of it. And you use your fingers to move it around and change the size of it on the display and that's it. And so from there, once you tap save, you'll have a marked up version of that image that you can then share with whoever you want. Um, David, do you use markup often? I use it a lot. I use it more less for text and more for drawing. What I find, I where I end up using it the most is, we kind of talked about this recently with screenshots, where if I'll take a screenshot of something but I want to point out something particular on that page, uh, I will then like draw little arrows in red and circle the area. It happens, I don't know why it happens to me so much that I'm trying to like circle things on, on screenshots, but I am and I use it a lot. How about you? It's usually like screenshots of something like that you're like making fun of. <laughs> a lot of times no. it's like, <laughs> I was gonna say that's like for me usually at least screenshots that get sent to me. It's either of a conversation uh, or something on social media 
and pointing out what was funny about it. Yeah, that's true. I guess I do do that. I also do it for work a lot, though. Like, I'll be like, this thing isn't working on the website. Here's a screenshot of what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. No, that's much more professional more yeah. professional use for it. Um, but, you know, I feel like one, one thing that I've used markup for that's been useful um, is adding signatures to things. Yes. And I was just going to say that's a really useful uh, thing as well is to add you to add signatures from mobile. Sometimes I'll literally deliberately open up an email on mobile just because it's really quick and easy to add a signature to it. Yeah. And so a little tip with that is that you only need to enter in your signature once and then it's saved through markup so you can go back in and just add it to things. Uh, so if you wanted your signature to look particularly good, you could go to your iPad on the same, if you have an iPad, um, if it's a device that's logged in with your same Apple ID and you could create your signature using an Apple Pencil if you have one. And so presumably it'll be a nicer looking signature and then that'll be saved to your iPhone too and you can use that through markup, which is nice. One other, while we're, I, I've been <laughs> on a Mac tip kick this podcast, but we are officially Ooh. covering Mac now as well. Uh, you can add I want all the Mac tips. You can add signatures in preview. And it's really cool because how it works is you take a piece of paper, you put your actual signature and you hold it up to the camera and it loads it in and it saves it for you in preview. And it's really quick and easy to then go and add signatures to documents within preview. Preview is the built-in Apple uh, app on desktop that allows you to view photos and PDFs. So it's usually something you would do on a PDF. Cool. So we have another insider question I wanted to share. Uh, and this one was about the iPhone camera guide that we recently came out with. So this, this insider wrote in, I'm learning with the iPhone Pro camera guide. I took a picture with a black background using portrait mode and I don't know what light settings I use and I can't do it again and I can't figure it out. Any idea of how to get a black background in por portrait? This was a color, this was a photo in color. Um, so the answer to this question is that this insider inadvertently used one of the um, lighting modes in portrait mode and just didn't realize it. So you can easily replicate this, this um, effect since it sounds like this insider liked the way that it looked. And it's um, stage lighting is the, is the setting that they used. So if you go into the camera app and you can apply this before or after you take a portrait photo, which is really cool. So if you open the camera app and you go to portrait mode, you, um, you'll see in the top right corner, there's your little F icon, and that's where you go, if you tap that, you can go and like adjust the level of depth of field effect you have, which means you can choose um, your subject, of course, and then you'll choose how much is blurred behind the subject. And like that's really nice, for instance, to adjust manually if, um, the person has like wispy hair or something like that. You can make sure that it's not completely blurring out the hair in a way that doesn't look good. So once you're there, though, you above where you um, above where you adjust the depth of field, you can also adjust the lighting modes. By default, it'll be in natural lighting, so pretty much just like looking the way it actually looks when you're shooting. And then from there, you can swipe right and left and go into a few different cool effects like there's stage lighting, stage light mono, and, and some of these ones will pretty much either just completely turn the black background white or black. 
I personally like more like natural looking photos, so I haven't done this a lot myself, but it's good to know that this feature is there. It's fun to play with. Yeah, I was just going to comment. I was going to ask you if you use it. And it, it, it's funny to me, too, that your comment was for wispy hair because I have curly hair, which for portrait mode in general <laughs> is a nightmare. Uh, and in particular, the one the portrait mode settings that turn the background a different color, like white or black, just really I struggle with because it like just never perfectly gets my hair, and so it just like weirdly cropped parts of my head are just blending with the background and black. Um, so I almost never use it. If you on rare occasion that it works perfectly, it's a really cool effect. It just so frequently doesn't work for me that I um, find I don't use it enough. Um, but I just, to reemphasize, because you, you did say it, but you went over it pretty quickly. For those of you with curly hair, or I guess wispy hair, <laughs> uh, and if you are using portrait mode, but you're having trouble because your hair keeps getting cropped, if you go in after you take the photo and you hit edit, you can adjust the aperture. Uh, and that, you can, would, how, how that works is it just makes the portrait mode a little bit less intense. And so therefore, it'll, a lot of times for me, not crop out my hair. Yeah, that's, but with the ability to adjust it, you've been able to get around that, like, it looks good now? On, yes, but more on natural mode. I almost never, right. it just has to be so perfectly distinguishing between your background and your foreground, if you actually change the color of the background, that I almost never do it, because it just rarely works. Also, I just don't tend to love the effect, to be honest. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I thought that was a fun, like, at first when I heard the question, I'd forgotten about these effects, so I'm like, how did this person get a black background? But, uh, so I thought that was a good one to share. Yeah. But yeah, one thing I wanted to clarify is I said that you can add, you can adjust your portrait light settings either in capture mode or after the fact. You can only add it after the fact if it was shot in portrait mode, though. Yes. So I just wanted to clarify that. So if you're in like regular photo mode, you can't turn it into a portrait photo afterwards. But if it was shot in portrait mode, you can adjust those settings after the fact, which is nice. So I think like that's nice because a lot of times you want to quickly capture a photo. You might not want to be like tinkering with the editing, with the um, aperture at the time, but you can do that later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that is that wraps up our Ask an Expert section of this podcast. And I am excited to share an app with all of you uh, today. So for our apps and gear section, I have an app today. What about you? I have, yeah, I have an app and a gear, but I'm seeing Ooh. in our notes here, we have a comment from our listener. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, uh, oh yeah, so this was one I wanted to basically call out myself here uh, <laughs> because Randy wrote in and was concerned about an editor's message I wrote in the daily tip. And um, in it, I was talking about our new AirPods guide and how great it was and how I love my AirPods and how um, my husband and I go on bike rides and uh, sync our AirPods to the same iPhone so we can listen to music together. So he, he, re he responded to me here. He says, first of all, um, I've been an iPhone lifer for about a year and want you and your staff to know that I use and enjoy all aspects of iPhone life. That's great to oh, hear. Thank you. Um, I typically ignore tips and articles dealing with AirPods or earbuds. They simply will not stay in my ears. He likes his Bose noise-canceling headphones instead. Uh, that was an interesting one to hear just because that's kind of the f a first that I've heard of that because um, the people that I know that have AirPods comfort and like the, their kind of strange ability to stay in your ears is pretty great. But again, like, 
with headphones, everyone has to try themselves. Everyone has really different, um, first of all, shapes of their ears and head and also like things that are comfortable for them. Yeah. So I always tell people definitely try on headphones yourself or earbuds before buying. But so anyway, he says, however, a tip caught my eye this morning about AirPods. In the introduction, you said that you and your husband sync your phones and when you're riding your bike together, I am an avid, although recreational cyclist and wanted to make sure you're aware that wearing any kind of earbuds while cycling is a big no-no. The reason is that it prevents one from hearing road noise and traffic. I don't mean any disrespect. It's intended as purely informational. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for all you do, Randy. So I just wanted to point that out just because I, uh, I hope I'm not encouraging people to go biking with earbuds in. Uh, it definitely, if you're on the street, could be dangerous. And, you know, the AirPods do have a transparency mode option, which lets you hear street noise through. So that can help. Or you could be wearing like one AirPod and that helps a little bit too. Um, but I think it, it, is, it was a good point just to mention that probably better better to not wear any at all or to make sure that you have that transparency mode on at the least. But I mean, and yeah, absolutely. Traffic safety is important. It is a cool feature though. And there are lots of use cases that are not dangerous. Um, That's something that I'll often do like while traveling, my partner and I will watch a movie or or something like that. And Mm. you can have two headphones on the same device. Uh, And so there are really cool features for that. And transparency mode is a good one because I do like to... Now I'm going to admit it too. I like to run with headphones and <laughs> I'm very safe. I promise I do my best, but transparency mode is a good one where, cause I actually, this is one of the main reasons I like AirPods as opposed to AirPods Pro is I partic- I actually really like having ambient noise be able to get in both cause I like to work out with them, but also even like I'll wear them when I'm working throughout the day, things like that. And it's just really nice to be able to hear somebody, even if I have headphones in, I'm if I want to be canceling noise, I'll use my big headphones. Yeah, that's a good a good way to do it. I think that, um, yeah, that feature I will stand by is, is being cool. Like just, I thought at first you were talking about transparency mode, which is great too. But being able to sync two AirPods to the same iPhone is a lot of fun. I, yeah. And like you could be cycling on an indoor bike and then you can do it completely uh, guilt-free. <laughs> As long as you're taking proper COVID precautions. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right. On to our apps and gear section. (laughs) So um, I wanted to share an app just because I feel like roosters are plaguing my life and I finally found an app that's saving me. So um, I moved to Florida four months ago and we have a next door neighbor with roosters that start oh my gosh. crowing at like two in the morning. Oh my gosh. Um, and then when I was on vacation in Mexico, uh, the place that we were staying was basically like, there was like a barnyard outside. It was like a million <laughs> roosters and goats and uh, dogs that started at like 10.30 at night. So anyway, it became very clear that I needed a good white noise machine app. In Florida, we actually have like a little um, device for it. It's not through the iPhone. That's, that's, that works well. But I found an app that I like just as much. And I had to try a few. So I just wanted to recommend this one because it's the one that I found to be the best. And it's My Noise. And the cool thing about it is that it's a free app. Some of the one, other ones I found are, are paid. Um, and it lets you customize your white noise levels like 
um, both to just what you like and also different, like depending on your iPhone model, the speakers sound a little different. And so it, it like has a bunch of different toggles for different levels of noise. I, I use the classic white noise, but you could, there are other options like rain sounds or stuff like that. Um, and and it lets you set a timer. So I like to have it like fade out in the last hour of sleep. And so I set mm. it for like seven, eight hours total, but the last hour it's like slowly fading out. Oh, interesting. Uh, up until when my alarm goes off. And so they're just a cute, like it has some nice features. And um, also strangely, other apps that I used, even though they said they would could go all night, would like randomly shut off after a half hour and things like that. And this one, was reliably playing all night long. Um, what I feel like white white noise machine um, apps or just in general are like not for everyone. But I used to not like them very much because I found them kind of distracting. But now I now I'm hooked. Have you ever tried white noise? I have not. I'm I'm a, a very light sleeper, and I find that I, white noise distracts me. Like I don't even like having a fan on in my room, which I know is like I'm extreme in that way. <laughs> um, but I'm not a white noise. Person. So this app, I was gonna say, I was I was sensing a lack of excitement from you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my stepson uses white noise machine in his room, and so when we travel, then this would be great. So I, I appreciate that. I still love white noise people. I just am not one of them. <laughs> For me, I really don't like um, one of the common white noise options is like wave sounds. And those to me, maybe it's because we didn't grow up around the ocean. I don't find that to like help me sleep at all. I'm, like makes me feel like I'm like seasick or something. <laughs> but like rain noise or white noise help. That's fair. Yeah, those those Iowan <laughs> thunderstorms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I like when I'm sleeping by the ocean. I really enjoy it, but I find I often have dreams about the ocean. So yeah, it's, it can be distracting. <laughs> okay, I've got. A All right, couple, what's your apps and gear? And I, I just want to preface this because we've steered clear of travel apps and gear uh, because of COVID. But as between the like frustratingly high percentage of people who have now had COVID and have immunity uh, and then people are vaccination rates are going up. We're going to start covering it a little bit for you all. And so I have a couple, a couple suggestions for travel again. And even if you're not ready to travel yet, uh, it's still fun to be thinking about <laughs> those days when you can do that again. Um, one of them, my first one is for, can be used at home as well. I've talked about it before, but it's one of those, gadgets that I just don't think a lot of people have and I love it and it makes my life a lot better. And that's my MyCharge battery pack. Um, the company's MyCharge, M-Y and then charge, it's all one word. And I know there's a ton, a ton of battery packs on the market, but this one to me kind of checks all the boxes. And why I love it is number one, it has both the adapter and the cable built in. So you can plug into the wall and it has the cable built in all in one unit. Most of these power banks do not have that. They either don't have a cable built in or they don't have the adapter built in. So then you're having to carry a bunch of things to use it. Number two, it rapid charges. So it's like half an hour to charge your phone. And in particular for a battery pack, that's really nice because you're almost always on the go. 
I find I actually use it at home a lot. I mean, I definitely use it while traveling, but I use it at home a lot because if my phone's, I just need a little bit of battery before I leave the house, but I'm like walking the house and I need to use my phone at the same time, this is a really excellent solution for that. Um, so I, I really like it. Uh, it has it also has a USB-C built in, so if you have an Android iPhone family, you can use that. Uh, my partner and I are always fighting over it, so that's a good sign for, for it being <laughs> a, a useful device and particularly it's a very nice good for traveling. Sign. The other one, which is unique just for traveling, especially for overseas, but I think it's another one where like a lot of people don't think to get this, but it's really useful. Uh, it's called Awanda currency conversion so it's o-a-n-d-a uh currency conversion and there's a million currency conversion apps out there but i've used this one for like 10 years and it's like never failed me what's nice about it it, it has a really easy to use interface uh and it doesn't require internet so once you get your currency conversions loaded up in there you uh, it doesn't need internet to use. So when you're traveling in a foreign country and you're trying to on the fly negotiate something and it's in a currency you're not used to, being able to quickly pull it up on your phone and look at the conversion rate to your currency, US dollars or whatever it is, I find be really useful. I've used it for years. So for those of you who are in coming up, going to do an international trip, uh, that's a really awesome app for you. And it's free, I believe. I was gonna say, yeah, I wish I knew about this app. That sounds great because I'm so like not good at like fast calculations on the fly. Like I'm like, how like how much is that? Yeah, so, something like this would be useful. I always try to build little like rules of thumb for myself, like being like a hundred pesos is one is five dollars, and little things like that that I can fall back on. But then it's mm -hmm. like if you're doing too many of those, you lose track, and it's nice to have an app to fall back on as well. For sure. And offline mode is, if you're doing international travel, I feel like any app you're using, having offline mode is really important. Yeah, yeah. Since exactly. you don't always reliably have service. Yeah, cool. Um, we did not come up with a question of the week ahead of time, but I feel like we we should... Hmm, we could do one about portrait mode. I'm curious if people use the different... Um, the different portrait lighting options and if so which ones they like the best yeah and, and send yeah. us some examples and we can put it up on our website yeah if you have some shots you're proud of send them our way so email us at podcasts at iphonelife.com letting us know if you use portrait lighting options and if so which ones and why and uh, this wraps up our 154th episode of the iphone life podcast <laughs> we've been at this for a while uh, stick around if you're an insider we have some special content just for you otherwise we'll be back in two weeks thanks everyone thanks everyone